Welcome into this Sun Devil Source Report Premium Podcast. My name is Kalen Jones, and I'm alongside site publisher Chris Cartman and staff writer Fabian Ardaya. Guys, how are you doing today? Doing all right. Big holiday weekend is over with. Now, back to the action. I'm fully woke. Fully woke? <laughs> Interesting. That's a good way to come out of the holidays. I'm woke going into <laughs> New Year's. Oh, there you go. Well, again, thank you all for listening. Uh, this is a preview of Arizona State's Sun Bowl matchup against North Carolina State. Um, guys, as I always say, it's going to be interesting. But along with that, this should be a really tough matchup for Arizona State. On paper, they match up pretty well in our free version of the podcast. We mentioned how similar the two teams are. Um, one of those key traits is balance on the offensive side. Uh, North Carolina State, we mentioned as well last uh, in the last episode, they rank right below Arizona State in terms of tone, turnovers lost uh, over the course of the year. Arizona State's offense, highly efficient, only lost 11 total turnovers. North Carolina State, only 12 on the year. So we look at this offense. Uh, Chris, we'll, we'll turn it to you. What do you see on tape in terms of the balance that the Wolfpack offense provides? I think that they're just really solid. It starts with the point of attack. Their offensive line does a great job of protecting Ryan Finley. They have a lot of starts under their belt. Structurally, they're, they're, they're solid. Uh, it's, a, it's a rhythm-based timing type of an offense. A lot of RPO actions as part of that. Finley gets the ball out quickly. He's very accurate. Um, they're not trying to protect and you know, and, and hold off defenders for four or five seconds while Finley's trying to take these low percentage big shots down the field. They have a very clear understanding of who they are offensively and their ideology. Um, you know, they have multiple offensive players who are among the best in the league at their respective positions, starting with Finley and then uh, the rushing attack, Naheem Himes, is um, a thousand yard rusher, 5.7 yards per carry, nine touchdowns. He's a good return man. The all purpose uh, production is he's second in the ACC at 147.8 yards per game. I look at their, their receivers. Uh, none of those guys are going to be first, second round, third round NFL picks, but they have these big bodied kids that are possession type guys and they get a lot of targets and they're and they're very productive led by uh calvin Harmon, uh really big physical type of a kid he'd be like almost like they're Nikhil harry uh type of a player uh and then they have uh, a hybrid sort of an offensive weapon in um myers who only averages or pardon me yeah myers he only averages eight yards or 11 yards per reception, but he gets a lot of yards after the catch. They throw it to him on screens. They hand the ball off to him in the backfield. And um, he's a very uh, uh, physical player. So there's a physical team. They know what they know who they are. They execute at a high level. They don't have negative plays. They have good drive sustainment. They change their structures within series. They can tempo you, but yet they can also be very deliberate. And um, and it's a hard def- it's a hard offense to go up against because of their their overall versatility. Yeah, this is exactly the kind of offense that Arizona State has struggled with defensively this season. It's a veteran group that's not going to kill itself with mistakes. And 
when ASU is a inexperienced group, especially in that secondary, and they like to pressure a lot and try to generate negative plays, which doesn't happen often when you're facing North Carolina State. It's an interesting matchup just because of how versatile they are. They can sort of attack what ASU does defensively in a variety of different ways. I, I know ASU itself is very hybrid with a lot of its personnel, but it'll be interesting to see how a guy like a Jalen Samuels or a Kelvin Harmon, who's going to try to match up on him, how much nickel is ASU going to try to play because they haven't played a whole lot of it this season. It's just interesting to see how they're going to, ASU's going to try to dial something up against a team that really knows what it wants to do offensively and has been pretty efficient at doing so. This is, this is one of the more physical offenses that ASU will have faced this season. Uh, in the mold of like somewhere between a Washington and a Stanford. They don't have the same personnel, heavier groupings right. of a Stanford, but they have that physical component out of one tight end or even 10 personnel sets where they'll run the football and uh, and have great balance and get the ball out and and, and very uh, it's a it's a it's a very appealing style of football to my eye. Yeah, and again, you guys mentioned it. Um, the profile that this offense has again, Jalen Samuels was a third teamer um, in all conference play during the season at at tight end. He led the team with 69 catches. Um, he's someone again that they move around a lot. Yeah, he's like a move back. He's, he's like, you can't really call him a receiver, and you can't really call him a tight end, right? Just because of, <laughs> of how they utilize him. He's like he's like you know one of these new era weapons, and when they just they label him as an H position, but he's in the slot a lot, and so he's going to be a, a real headache probably in this game for ASU, just because he gets so many targets. But he doesn't have a lot of yards per per carry. But let's see how. Marcus Rhodes handles him in the alley, and let's see what happens with ASU getting off of screens and being able to close down to him. Um, yeah, just and, and I'm interested to see what happens with ASU's corners against the size that NC State has. Because they're like all their top receiving targets are like 6'2, 6'3, 230 pounds, 220 pounds, 210 pounds. And we know that. Kobe Williams and Chase Lucas will stay in the pocket of those guys, but but will they be able to make plays that prevent them prevent um, NC State from being able to move the ball down the field? That remains to be seen. Yeah, Chase Lucas, I think, was the second most targeted corner in the Pac-12 according to Pro Football Focus, or yep. something like that. And he, at least size-wise, matches up a lot better against the. Those type of guys, he's I think he's about six one. He still needs to add some weight to his frame. He might get bodied in those type of situations by a stronger receiver, but at least he has the size and length, and he's improved a lot. I think at least in those jump ball situations, he's shown uh, down the stretch of the season a lot of improvement in that facet. Kobe Williams, on the other hand, especially when playing on that field side, I have a feeling that NC State's going to maybe try to abuse him almost just because of the size mismatch on that side of the field well and 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 the way that they will be able to attack him in the screen game and other actions to get the ball to where he's they're taking him out of the play with blockers because they have these such big body guys that's that's one of the things that nc state does really well and they also hit you on these post-up routes they're basically spot routes coming out of uh you know bunch formations and and um, so I think that that that's going to be a, a big factor as well in this game. That that the uh, the lack of turnovers by either one of these offenses is a really interesting dynamic because you have um, 
uh, ASU and NC State, two of the best in their respective leagues at taking care of the football. And when they haven't done so, especially NC State, they've lost uh, all, all their, their games where they had a disadvantage in the turnover margin 0-4. Uh, so ASU hasn't been able to really generate many turnovers. And, and so this is the type of game where if they can get a couple – that would be uh, a huge difference. Yeah, this game is going to be huge for a guy like an A.J. Latu or a J.J. Wilson. If they can ge- try to generate some pressure, especially from that devil backer spot, maybe find situations where they can get longer downs and distances. Like you mentioned, they don't really have a lot of deep shots or longer plays that take longer to develop in their in what they try to do offensively. So maybe that's situations where ASU can maybe try to use that to their advantage, that if they do get NC State in downs and distances where they're not used to being, and maybe they can find, try to use that to their advantage. But other than that, if, if NC State is able to avoid negative plays, and even if a play doesn't really function, they get two or three yards, that's where they're most comfortable just eating up the field and burning clock. So you guys mentioned it, how similarly they profile to one another. Arizona State's offense this season, they averaged 31 points per game and gave up 31 points as well. Uh, you look over at North Carolina State, averaging 30 points a game, only allowed 24 points per game as well. So I just think when you look at the two offenses, you look at what ASU was able to manufacture offensively. Again, you, talk, you guys talked about the time of possession, how important it is for teams to start early, I guess, for this ASU team where they've been able to get out and I guess like in front of opponents and then being able to you know hold on and wear out opponents down the stretch I think you're going to see that a lot or at least North Carolina State try to impose its will in a very similar fashion um, we saw matchups against again you guys mentioned the cornerbacks I think it's going to be a really big matchup for them because you look at how they were able to the hold up, I guess, in that post-up game, as you mentioned, Chris, against Washington, how well they were able to defend top receivers there, and then against Utah as well, where they were able to generate turnovers. On the flip side of that, though, you have matchups against like UCLA again. Granted, they're playing against Josh Rosen, and then um, against Stanford as well in the run game, where you had a difference maker in Bryce Love. I don't really see a big difference maker that you know is in the realm of a Josh Rosen or a Bryce Love that can be that big of a difference so I think ASU's defense has a pretty good chance of keeping them in the game well let's not underestimate what NC State has the ability to do with its offensive line in its run game and ASU having to try to stop the run uh, if you you got to make teams more more one-dimensional ideally and especially when they have RPO actions and zone read and some of the things that NC State does and if NC State's able to stay on schedule with its first and second downs in its run in its run game and given the way that it protects its quarterback at a high level you're going to have a hard time getting your defense off the field uh, if you're not able to be successful there so I think this is a huge game for Tayshawn Smallwood for Jojo Wicker for Rennell Wren George Lee how those guys are able to hold up at the point of attack, um, and and NC State, they'll can they'll run at you in ten personnel until you stop it, uh, and and so if you can't get off if you can't get your 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 defense to where you're forcing second and long, third and long situations against four receiver sets, it's going to be a really long day for ASU. Yeah, it could easily be a fifteen tackle day for Christian Sam or a double digit tackle day for DJ Calhoun. I think it's <laughs> big on them to be run stoppers and maybe guys like. Daz Tatalatasi and Demonte King, Chad Adams behind them to be able to make sure that maybe a five-yard run by Nikeen Himes doesn't break into a 30-yard run like it has when you're facing rush attacks like Bryce Love for shot Penny earlier this season. 
Yeah, that's one of the things Phil Bennett actually mentioned in an earlier press conference um, leading up to bowl practices. He said that ASU will pretty much do what it's been doing throughout the entire season, and he hasn't strayed away from um, his scheme or his play calling throughout the entire year. Again, a big uh, note of that is the fact that they haven't even tried nickel defense, and we likely won't see it again when they play North Carolina State, regardless of who's on the field, even if they're in 10, 11 personnel. Um, but, guys, let's move on to the offensive side of the ball, at least for ASU, uh, who they'll be matched against. Uh, Bradley Chubb and the Wolfpack defense is definitely something that is to be respected. They run a 4-2-5 defensive front. Um, but the way that they move around Bradley Chubb, who's considered a top five pick by many NFL draft uh, analysts, um, he's moved around from a two-point, three-point stance. They move both on the boundary and the field side. I think that Putting him up against uh, sophomore left tackle Cole Cabral could pose a significant problem. That is, if he plays, Chris. And I don't think he, I don't think he's going to play. They haven't come out and say, say that, and maybe that's just because they want to keep ASU uh, unsure or, or have to at least prepare for the possibility of playing Chubb. He's one of the best defensive players overall that ASU will have played this season. If he does end up out there on the field, could be a nightmare scenario for. Uh, how ASU handles the edge pressure, especially Cole Cabral. They'll use Chubb or whoever replaces him, uh, boundary side, field side. They'll, 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 they'll overload the, the, the formation. They'll play an under front. They'll, they figure out creative ways to try to scheme to get him opportunities, and they'll play a redundant uh, linebacker behind him or a bigger-bodied safety against the run so that they don't have to have him be as much of a contained responsibility. That's kind of the way that they free up that position. Now, if he doesn't play, uh, the guy who's going to be out there a lot in his place is Darian Roseborough. Big physical kid, 6'4", 287. He's got a bull rush. He has the ability to, to really unbalance tackles as a pass rusher. Uh, and what NC State does really well at the point of attack is uh, physically be able to maul offensive tackles. They play these two 320-pound defensive tackles. They'll line them up in the even techniques, helmet on helmet, and they'll really control uh, the A and B gaps internally and, and, and not let teams really be able to, to get clean lines to run through on the interior. Uh, their linebackers clean up a lot. It's hard for opponents to get their offensive linemen releasing to the second level to get blocks on linebackers because of their style of play and how physical they are at the point of attack. And then even though they do have five defensive backs, a couple of those guys are bigger bodied safeties, 220 some, 230 pounds even. And those guys will come up and play at eight yards depth or even closer than that in the box and really clean up uh, when, when, when run plays do kind of get into their area. So it's a very structurally sound defense. Um, they're good against run and pass. They mix up their coverages. They'll play half field zone and man. They'll play uh, a lot of man coverage. They'll play a lot of single high looks that are a cover one, cover three uh, uh, type defense. But just like um, as far as the harmony of their offensive defense, it really works well together. It's a well-coached football team. They execute what they're trying to do, and they have the personnel to support it. And it's very veteran because they have um, about half their starters or seniors who are really experienced. It feels like a lot of what – hate to – sort of beat a broken drum here, but it feels a lot like what you would hope ASU would look like next season if it had retained its entire staff is a veteran group 
under a staff that knows what it wants to create. It's creating matchups and creating a scheme style that they've been trying to implement since they got on campus. And it's been a couple of years since they've been able to re- like really get into it the way they wanted to. It's a group that's not going to beat itself, and it's a group that's going to rely a lot on its defense doing the most out of a limited amount of snaps and using the offense to sort of drain the clock to try to keep that defense fresh. So, again, looking at their defensive personnel, uh, their leading tackler, Jared Fernandez, or Mike Linebacker, he does a pretty good job of helping with that interior gap pressure. You see a lot of the times, as Chris mentioned, you see two guys blitz through the same gap. Um, And, again, as he mentioned, they play a lot of mix and man zone coverages. They're weaker against man on switch routes. Well, uh, they make it tough. Nancy State does a good job with the rhythm passing of making safeties uh, be quick thinking and decisive in what they're doing because you got to read that RPO action, the mesh points getting extended, they got the they got that slant route that comes off it really quickly, or they'll hit you on screens. They use the full width of the field. They have the ability to make safeties uh, have to make split second decisions on kind of how they're defending. And 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 when you have breakdowns there, that's when you get guys that can kind of run through your defense and make plays. It's not so much that they have the ability to hit you on these long vertical passes, but when they do break big gainers, it's plays where you've had to break down. Uh, they also will uh, move the pocket sometimes on these design bootlegs and rollouts actions. They'll get multiple receivers running in line with Ryan Finley as a quarterback who does a good job of throwing accurately on the move so there's a there's a there's myriad uh threats that are that are present here with this defense and i think it's going to be a big challenge they'll also uh, throw the ball to their backs and tight ends guys coming out of the backfield and they figure out uh, how to be creative in their and um they're they're just okay in the red zone, but but um, a lot of misdirections and and uh, and and things that ASU probably hasn't really seen much of uh, that they don't have to be prepared for, and probably because of the way that they are, they'll have some new wrinkles that they'll throw in in the red zone that are going to be a challenge. This is a, a uh, an offense that needs to convert uh, red zone opportunities into touchdowns because they're uh, the worst field goal team by percentage in the ACC, under 50% of their field goal attempts are converted. Yeah, that honestly might be a factor if it is a close game, which I do think it will be, uh, just considering how well these teams match up against each other. And I know that ASU may have a special incentive, at least they've said they have a special incentive, uh, to send Todd Graham off on a high note. But So if it does come down to a field goal, that's definitely something to factor in that – Arizona State, while they have had some struggles in the punt game with Michael Sleep Dalton and they have had some issues being able to generate explosive plays in the return game, they have been solid when it comes to being able to convert red zone opportunities and into touchdowns. And when they don't, Brandon Reese has been great at converting those shorter field goals accurately and also has the ability to hit a longer field goal if need be. I think in a special teams battle, you probably have to give the edge – to ASU just because of what, what Reese gives you and uh, and uh, ASU's done a good job of being able to generate turnovers uh, you know they, they lead the country or they're, they're going into the bowl season they were leading the country in block punts um, they get a lot of touchbacks as a percentage overall um, so that that's probably edge uh, ASU in a way that could uh, materially affect this game if it is close 
All right, guys, so before we wrap this up, uh, let's look at some of the potential challenges for ASU, uh, offensively, defensively. Who do you guys think could be the biggest difference maker? Ooh, good question. I think, uh, again, you have to be able to try to stop the run. Uh, and and, and uh, if, you make, if you make Ryan Finley and NC State have to throw the ball more than, they're, than they would like to and are comfortable – uh, doing and if your safeties don't have to be on an edge of you know what's coming at us on any given play and you make the, the more predictability at NC State I think that's key so I, I think that this game is really going to be one loss at the line of scrimmage NC State just doesn't have that potent explosiveness uh, and if Chubb doesn't play they're probably not going to generate a lot of negative plays on ASU's offense probably not going to be a lot of turnovers in this game so I think this game really comes down to uh, NC State's offensive line against ASU's defensive line and linebackers, and then whether or not ASU is going to be able to manipulate that defensive front, which is very, very big and physical, to enable some of the run game, or, or, or if this is going to have to fall on the shoulders of Manny Wilkins, basically to throw the rock 40 times and, and figure out a way to, to – to, basically move the ball only through the air those are to me the keys i think for me the key is that both teams are trying to accomplish the same thing which is don't turn over the football and control time of possession and i think if asu is able to stop the run effectively force them to pass the ball they'll stop the clock they'll keep they'll have their defense keep them fresh especially if they're able to get the ball back and they're able to run the ball effectively and control clock that way and that way manny wilkins doesn't have to drop the ball back drop back and throw it 40 times. If you're able to get a solid run game, consistent run game going with Demario Richard, Caleb Lajina, Benjamin, get the clock running and limit the amount of snaps you have defensively. And when you do have those snaps defensively, make NC State one-dimensional and be good at stopping the run, especially with that interior, Tayshawn Smallwood, Rennell Wren, George Lee. All right, guys, so going into this matchup, <laughs> Arizona State taking on uh, North Carolina State in the Sun Bowl. It'll be watchable on CBS, so fans can watch this matchup. But, um, Chris, let's start with you. What are your predictions for the matchup? Give us a score. Well, I just think that uh, even though ASU matches up reasonably well against NC State, and this, is, this has the makings of a style of game that they can be successful in, I think the distractions and challenges associated with preparing for this game are probably going to be too substantial to overcome for ASU. And, and, and maybe that's just a, a, a mental hurdle that I have in seeing the way that ASU's face similar challenges of, of coaching changes in the past and the way that that's unfolded because it hasn't gone well. Uh, and I also would say that there was a very relaxed, almost too casual atmosphere in what we saw of bowl practices uh, differently than in seasons when you didn't have a coaching change. Um, and I think the physicality of NC State could be a problem for ASU at the point of attack. So I don't think ASU is going to get run out of the, 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 uh, the building or anything, but I do think the NC State's probably going to win this game, and, and my score prediction is 34-24. All right. Uh, this prediction is saying – with the fact, with the caveat that Bradley Chubb does not play for NC State, uh, like you mentioned, uh, ASU has had issues uh, when playing a bowl game after a coaching change, especially the last time with Dennis Erickson, like Todd Graham, coach staying on to coach through the bowl game. Uh, and in that situation, Boise State 
ran right through Arizona State in the Las Vegas Bowl. I think the opposite happens in this situation, and I think that I think that there is a little bit of an emotional pull from this game just because of maybe a different caliber of character that Todd Graham has recruited his time there than Dennis Erickson, but so maybe he'll, they'll react to it differently. I think uh, it's an emotional victory for Arizona State. I think they send it, Todd Graham off uh, nicely in a close win, I think 34-28 Arizona State. All right, so flip – Flip scores for you guys because you had 34 28. He said 34 24. 24. I said 34 okay. 28. All right. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm actually going to go with Chris. Um, I think that NC State has the edge here, even if Bradley Chubb doesn't play. Um, I just think when you look at what the offense is going to, I think that they're going to have to pull from, again, in your case, Bobby, an emotional, you know, try lift, trying to descend Todd Graham off on a high note. I just don't know if there's enough motivation at this point since you know. Uh, what his status is going to be, but um, I have NC State winning 38-33 to in a close matchup. Cool. I, I could see it going either way. I, I really can. I think it's it's tough to – this whole season has been tough to predict for ASU. Uh, we haven't done exactly a very good job of it as compared to years past, relatively speaking. Uh, but uh, Chubb not playing is a, is a big factor if that's indeed what happens. I think that's a, di- that's a big difference in this game. If Chubb does play – very unlikely ASU wins. Um, but maybe ASU does have a steeled focus and resolve in a way that manifests uh, in this game and, 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 and sends Todd Graham off uh, in, in a way that the, all those people hope. And that, that would be pretty cool to see, actually, if it does indeed materialize. Yeah. And the line for that, NC State favored by six and a half uh, when the line first came out, over-under was at 59 and a half. So for those who are into that kind of thing <laughs> – Entertainment purposes only. Yeah, entertainment purposes only. <laughs> you, you you know our picks, so you can figure out our picks against the spread. There you go. <laughs> but they, once again, thank you guys for listening. You can subscribe and listen to the Sun Devil Source Report podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, and your other favorite uh, podcast site streaming services. Uh, but again, from Chris Cartman, Fabian Ardaya, and Kalen Jones, thanks for tuning in.